Hey friends, this is Musing Methodist, where we discuss important issues and topics for Christians to ponder. My name is John Duff, the assistant pastor here at Centenary UMC in Danville, Kentucky, and today we're talking about glitter, whether it's good or bad, or in between, and marks of a toxic church culture, as well as we're throwing in some other stuff as well. And I'm Chris Morgan, and I am the lead pastor here at Centenary. And I'm Jill Winter. I'm the children's ministry director. You're all scripter. <laughs> I changed the script to say uh, that I'm super Jill, but I thought I wouldn't oh, you do it over the broadcast. The okay. Oh, you actually wrote that. I did. I just saw that it was wrote, written, and I thought I thought oh, you would I catch it. I thought you would catch it before what we I thought actually was, put did it I write out. that? And then I was like, maybe. You I don't had. Know. He had, and I'm Jill. And I thought that was kind of boring. <laughs> there you go. So we have Super Jill. But she's also the children's ministry director here. Um, so we first start by saying how have our weeks been? So oh, we can start with Jill. Okay. How has well, your week been? Um, my week has been really good because it was Mother's Day and I had mm. one of my children home. And that's always a good day. That's cool. Yep. Was it like one of your children at the church, or one of, the ones that... <laughs> one of my actual biological oh, okay. children? Cool. Um, came home and spent the weekend with us. That's fun. Mm -hmm. That's cool. We had a full house this weekend for Mother's Day, which was nice. And uh, Matt and I had a chance to go to a farm that one of his photography classes had gone to, and. You know, I dabble in photography. Oh, and, those were the pictures that you put out. Yeah, oh, those were good pictures. Yeah, sure. Pictures came from from that. It's a it's a public farm. Um, it's called the Home Place at Green River, hmm. and it is owned by the county, and is used as kind of a resource place. There are some areas where classes can can go and sit and learn about things, um, such as the Rams Pump, which is a pump. It uses only gravity to get water from the spring all the way up to a house. And so the house had running water long before it had electricity. It was oh, really that's cool. interesting. Yeah. How far away is that? Um, it's about an hour from here. Okay. It's near Campbell's. Uh, Campbell's Way? Bill, yes. Yeah. You know, oh, I might go check that out. Moving to Danville has opened my world to um, the fact that we have a bunch of kind of cool small towns in Kentucky. That would be fun to explore. Also on Sunday, Chris got on the roof in between worship services to try to fix the roof. And he had some help. <laughs> Kyle Kyle was with him, and then Lou came out. Made sure that he didn't fall. Uh, I think Lou was a little concerned. Getting down. Yeah. I was a little concerned. <laughs> That's getting down. I didn't get a video of it. But anyways, so. And so, Kathy, how have you been recently? Anything yeah. interesting coming up? You got new patio furniture. That was a while ago. That, yeah, but you're you using just it just took a, lot a now. picture of it with Paxton. And I was yeah, like, oh, that's beautiful. cool. And nothing else? I, no, I just always want you to talk more. That's a great that idea. That is fun. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Outdoor TV. One of my buddies TV. has a tv on his back porch and he has a really very nice back porch it's fun so cool i'm doing well well i did mother's day stuff with my mom as well and family um 
Today, this week or this month is really busy for me because I'm in local licensing pastor school right now. So I'm doing schoolwork, um, which is good stuff. That's fine, but it just takes up a lot of time. And I'm doing uh, best man stuff because one of my buddies getting married in June. So we're going camping this weekend. And then next weekend we're going battle axe throwing. Have All you guys to ever prepare done that? for axes? a wedding? It's really yes. helpful. Well, that's the best man's <laughs> role. I don't do the other stuff. Um, battle so, axe throwing. Battle axe throwing. Yeah, he. It's funny because he has said for like three, four years now, like, "Hey, we need to go do this," and we haven't ever done it. So I was like, "Let's do it." <laughs> Ooh. Actually, with our staff, I would love to do the escape game thing. The escape sometime. game thing, I would we love to do, do that. that too. This summer, sometime. Battle axe throwing sounds like the opposite of team building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> team reducing. <laughs> Oops. Stress relief. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's what best man stuff you do. So, it's fun. So, on the way into work this morning, I realized in my car I had like some quarters. And uh, I realized that the quarter was a brand new quarter and it was really cool. And so I wanted to talk about the new quarters that we have. And it's a 2021 quarter. And so uh, this is on the screen. So if you're listening, I'm sorry. And you're not watching. But if you're watching, you can see right now one of the new quarters that came out in 2021. I thought it was really cool. That's crossing the Delaware, um, which is George Washington crossing the Delaware. And then also this one. We like have a lot of new different quarters that I thought are really cool. Um, I did not realize there was a Virgin Islands quarter. Yeah, they've been coming out with five a year since 2010. They have like a San Antonio Mission one right down there. Frank Church is kind of funny name for it. River of No Return quarter. I really want to go to the River of No Return. How did they get a picture of it? That's a great question. (laughs) You go there and And you can't get back. uh, They just have a lot of different things. Oh, I also... The Voyagers one is a cool state park. Have uh, you been there? I have not been there. Jill's from there. But I know so. people who have been there. It's it's pretty far north, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very, Minnesota. very far north. That's a place I want to visit sometime. But there's, oh, and I was going to say there's a George Roger Clark one, but it's from Indiana. It's like, I don't know why, because Kathy says he was born in West Virginia. No, he was born in Virginia. Virginia, sorry. Yeah, but we claim him too as Kentuckians. Can I ask a weird question? Who is yeah. that? George Roger Clark. I don't. I don't remember. I've he was like George an Rogers. explorer. Okay. You you know GRC oh. the high school in Winchester is it? Is it Lewis and Clark? Yeah. Oh no. Well, no. No, no. Oh well, never mind then. No. No, Meriwether Lewis. And something Clark, but it's not George Roger. Is it? You look it up on your phone. <laughs> now I'm even more confused. <laughs> now so we're really confusing ourselves. I'm showing you. And then we have a Frederick Douglass one, which I think is very cool. Um, so, yeah, question. If Jesus was well, here, would he say? No. Yes, William Clark. There you go. Okay. Was the Lewis and Clark guy. If Jesus was here, would he say, give to George Rogers Clark, which is what? George Rogers Clark. <laughs> Sorry. Render unto George Rogers Clark. Oh, and there's a Cumberland Gap one. I don't know if I've... Yeah, I've seen that one. I've never That's had a, a Cumberland one. Gap quarter. Harper's Ferry quarter, West Virginia. Isn't that a place in Kentucky, too? What? Harper's Ferry? No. 
I'm not sure. I'm wrong. I like the San Antonio Mission Quarter. Yeah, that was really cool one. Um, but anyways, and the new one, the Tus this year has come out Tuskegee Airmen, which is in Alabama. I don't really know what that is, but do you guys know what that is? The African American yeah. airmen who served faithfully and with distinction in uh, World War. That's cool. Okay. okay. William Clark. Yeah. And George Artis Clark. Brothers. Oh, interesting. That's neat. I okay. Brilliant. Kathy's our research <laughs> aide over here. She, you studied history, didn't you? So there you go. I studied history, but I know things before more, 586 more BC. History. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. These are more ancient. Yeah. More 585 BC. Don't know so much. Cool for your job, though. Anyways, yeah, and uh, weren't they gonna put Harriet Tubman on something pretty soon? It's twenty dollar bill. Yeah. Okay. Is that happening? Or Not is yet. That just a rumor. But it's it's Not yet. moving forward. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. I like that. Okay, so those are the quarters. Did you guys ever collect the quarters? I remember getting my boys those little envelopes where they mm-hmm. were supposed to collect them. Yeah. And then I don't think we kept up with it. Yeah. I have some. Yeah. I have a board with like two quarters in it. Yeah. <laughs> I like them. I think they're very artistic and wonderful. I, one of those yeah. things you wish you would, it's like exercise. You wish you would do it all the time and keep up with it. Quarter collecting. And then one day you just need a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to have to pay for parking. It's going to be a parking meter. Sorry, really George Rogers Clark. Coke. Yeah. See, though, exactly. parking meters now take better class. That's me. Oh. Yeah, some of them do, yeah. Not that's a little bit like uh, the, the Jacob and Esau. Yeah. Give me your quarters. I need it for a Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> the last time I needed, the last time I went to a parking meter, it did not take uh, debit cards. I have paid oh. a parking meter online, though. Really? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, not a meter, but uh, parking a parking lot. Speaking of online. new technology, here's the next the the headline of this news article I wanted to share good segue it says Belgian farmer moves border with France by mistake so okay how does a Belgian farmer move a border of a country didn't want Um, to plow over it didn't like the rock was in the way so Here's, I didn't highlight this, so we'll see how this goes. The border between Belgium and France stretches 390 miles, and the stone markers that define it have been peacefully in place for more than 200 years. So apparently, the border between France and Belgium is actually marked by stone markers, which like blows my mind because I'm like, does the GPS map like change when they move the stones or not? No, because it, didn't you say they. They geolocalized it precisely in twenty. Oh, did it? Nineteen. Oh, so that's it's stored somewhere, but the actual marker got moved. Yeah, yeah. So it says one of the boundary stones, however, laid down in eighteen nineteen, shortly before the Treaty of something. I don't really know that word. Cortric sealed the deal, <laughs> and it was recently spotted being out of place by two point two nine meters. Which really isn't too much, right? But by hikers, right? Uh, far- well, it says a farmer. It no, says the, the hikers what? discovered it. Oh, the hikers discovered it. There you go. Mm-hmm. A farmer from the Belgian town of something 
I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> Apparently, Belgium is a really hard language. Is it Flemish language? Is believed to have moved the new, new nuisance <laughs> stone on his land to a more convenient spot without anticipating the potential for international kerfuffle. Now, that's a good word right there. Um, so, anyways, uh, I guess what happened was this Belgian farmer moved this stone. He didn't know. Um, it was uh, a marker for the border, and he moved it, and people got upset at him and said, um, we need to move it back. One of the stories that, that I read talked about these hikers that were mm-hmm. hiking along the border, and I guess they were just looking at every border stone and realized, well, oh, this one is out of the place <laughs> Well, it is supposed to be. He's speaking hiker. What accent was that? Was that it? It was. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Crouchy English person. Yeah, there you go. So, anyways, I just thought it that was interesting. It added a thousand square meters. Oh, did it? Yeah. Accidental yeah. land grab. Yeah. I, I love the stories like that. Yeah, it's pretty neat. People, and then that people just laughing about it and moving it back. Yeah, what it. Like, I think that's wonderful way to live with I, other people. I was like, we still use stones to mark our borders. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's not really just the stone. If you zoom in on the area around Franklin, Kentucky, my former home, uh, you will see there that there's a field that is out of place, um, and it's very pronounced on a on a zoomed in uh, screen. And the story goes that when the Tennessee-Kentucky border was was being drawn, um, some Kentucky spirits were offered to the surveying team, and a farmer got a chance to be overly influential in where the border was drawn. That's cool. So, and, but that's still there. That's not the we part still have at the bottom that's like, of Kentucky. That's it is a single field. That far west. Just one field. It is one field. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, cool. I also wanted to ask us about glitter. For some reason, we were talking about glitter, and we were suggesting that some people really like glitter and some people really hate glitter. So, what are we talking about that? Like, what are the two sides of this debate? Well, the two sides of the debate are that there, there is an entire collection of people that believes that glitter is one of the banes of human existence. Primarily because (laughs) it is absolutely impossible to get rid of. And uh, if you've ever cleaned up a church after vacation Bible school, um, if you have ever gone into a child's room who has spilled a bottle or a canister of, of glitter, you know what an enormous problem this can be. However... It turns out that it is a problem that is even more destructive than uh, vacuuming five or six times. It turns out that animals in the ocean that are thousands of miles from any known source of glitter have glitter in their tissues. Mm. That that glitter is simply all over the planet. And so, you know, you eat fish, you may be eating glitter without even knowing it. Yeah. So, as a children's director, we wanted to bring Jill in on this conversation. I will say that I happen to know quite a few 
children's directors and and almost. I thought you were gonna say fish that. Had I know a lot of fish. Like... I know a lot of fish that really have struggled with this issue, and uh, most children's directors are in favor of a complete ban on glitter. Oh. Yeah, they. Man. I mean, it, because it's so hard. I've I haven't found glitter in my dryer. Yeah. Um, glitter, glitter gets everywhere, and so it's kind of a joke that we, we want to ban glitter. And plus, most children's directors are really fearful of the custodians at the church. <laughs> we yeah. have a healthy respect for custodians, and we don't want to make them mad. Yeah, oh, absolutely, for sure. Darren says he's pro-glitter as long as I'm not the one having to clean it. Well, exactly, right? <laughs> That's the problem. No, I actually do have glitter there right now because I was doing something with glitter around Christmas yeah. but I avoid buying it Yeah. so have you seen the guy who sets up Amazon packages to be stolen oh, yes. and the, the glitter, and the glitter flies bomb out goes everywhere. the package it happens every oh, Christmas that's cool it, it is they are, records it's like begging someone to steal a package from a doorstep and then, it, and then it explodes and it puts, but it, it, it does, it throws glitter all over their home. Like the Steelers' home. It's poetic justice. Dirty. I will admit on my own depravity. That I have a friend that every year sees Christmas cards that have glitter in them. I will not open her card anymore. You won't open her card anymore. I had an aunt who threw confetti in her cards all the time, and I was like, no. Are we bitter about glitter? Okay, Darren says he's no longer pro glitter. Laura says so. We need to give Chris loose glitter in an envelope card. <laughs> okay, when I turned forty, just put like a like few things of glitter. Three weeks ago or so, when, when I turned forty, <laughs> um, <laughs> the people at church, one of the people at church, gave me these little tiny forties, and you're still finding they they put them like. In the book of Judges, in my Bible, um, oh, Melinda put some in uh, my my clothing. It, they were in, they were all over the place, and I am still finding forties. Order some fifties. Uh, <laughs> 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 or we could just do fifty bottles of glitter. So I just you know it, make it even better. if the forties that are that big can stay around for years and years, just imagine. Yeah the endurance of glitter okay this is not the same but i had a more the youth pastor i worked with um left and he went to a different church and he put all of his business cards like all over my office and in all these different books so i've continued to find business cards and books when i open them and reference or reread or whatnot so that's great a lot of business cards because his point was he didn't use them as a youth pastor I use my business cards a little bit. Well, let me tell you about my youth minister story. Okay, so like my my youth minister and 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 friend came in one day and they they took my books and the dust jackets and they they like uh, switched them. Switched them. Yeah, oh, no. it's that like shuffled annoying. my books and my dust jackets. So and bad. then I threw away the books I didn't want, no. which turned out to be the books that I wanted. And you know. I'll go to that open. That's a big deal. Cruel. I'll go to open something on Acts, and it won't be on Acts. It'll be on some other uh, ancient history, yeah, some yeah. other piece that I wanted to throw away. 
ancient Israel. Yeah, like for example, that, that this, one is, <laughs> this one is actually books. one of those books. It's supposed to be Will Willimon's interpretation commentary, but instead it is Herschel Shank's Ancient Israel. So yeah, I just randomly shaped up. Do you still have that book jacket? <laughs> so no, I don't have. I would have to throw away all the I'm book sorry. jackets, I guess. That's a fireable. <laughs> don't Why do that. That was a terrible idea. Back. This Fred. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. That's sad. Okay, cool. Well, our main topic today, if we can do it in a little bit, glitter's not good. Not good for the planet, <laughs> but that's okay. We should. Okay. Seven features of a toxic church culture. So this guy named Scott Manite, who is a New Testament um, scholar, basically. He's just a scholar of the Bible, but primarily New Testament, I think, wrote a book with his daughter, Laura Beringer, about toxic church culture. And I thought it was would be interesting to talk about. One, because I think it, it's good. Hopefully, we don't create a toxic church culture. Right, and we want to keep our know. yeah, and we want to keep our eyes on that. But we also want to like help you all and the church at large realize we realize that y'all are going to be here longer than us, and so help you all form a culture and create a culture and know the signs of a leader uh, that is creating a toxic culture. I think that's really important, right? And so actually, what had happened that caused them to write this was uh, uh, his daughter Laura had. They had gone to Willow Creek a lot, um, and so when Willow Creek, all that stuff came out, and then obviously he, he mentioned in the article, like, um, thinking about Christian institutions that are toxic, and then think what we've read about Ravi and Zacharias recently, and, it, and like, reading about the institution and the way they handle things, you're like, well, that's obviously a bad way to handle things, um, and so we wonder how, how this happens. Um, and so they came up with marks of a, a good church culture and marks of a, a kind of toxic church culture. And they had seven features. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Messing with other trying? people. <laughs> <laughs> are you trying? Are you, I don't know what you're trying don't to be do. Toxic. Are you trying to lower it or are you trying to make it stick up? More? No, I'm trying to lower it. Oh, well. You did the opposite, <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I, right? Not really. Really, the best way to lower it is just to put water on it or something. But <laughs> my hair. Sorry, if you're not watching, you probably were like, what's going on? Chris was trying and to now we can't get my, lower my hair. Eyes off of and he's also proving that he hasn't had hair on his head for a while. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Sorry. I, this morning I was reading Second Kings beginning and it, the part where elijah calls bears down to, he actually he curses them and the bears come with the curse because the young people say hey baldy <laughs> which was mike voigt's one of his favorites right mm -hmm. that was like he always talked about that so mm -hmm. anyways turks oh i can't say it right toxic church culture so there are seven marks uh that they come up with these authors come up with the first one is narcissistic leaders okay i'm gonna say them and then you all have to say something about this about narcissistic leaders yes it's all about me is a yeah narcissistic kind of leader and i feel like some of the things that we're reading about um 
some of the things that we are mm-hmm. are looking at with larger churches. I mean, it, it takes a specific kind of personality to be the pastor of a megachurch. Yeah. Um, you you have to want really badly um, that that kind of an environment, and and it may be yeah. that there is a sort of narcissism that comes more naturally to people with that particular yeah. set of skills than. You know, most Methodist pastors are not going to be famous in, in any yeah. kind of way. So, you know, our lack of fame may may help with narcissism. Yeah. Which is a positive to our system of the way we rotate pastors is um, it becomes less personality-focused at the church as churches get different personalities and leaders through the years um, versus, you know, the opposite. In a non-denomination... There's less accountability, one, and and less kind of ability to move, and and the people who are um, kind of more self-focused as leaders, and and oftentimes they don't start out as that, but it becomes like that because sometimes the the way things are done shapes the leader into a like, oh, I'm doing a great job, good job. It's all about me and the way I want to do things, rather than pointing Although people to I Jesus. I also think narcissism comes from a a sense of insecurity too mm. that when you mm. want to make it about yourself and are afraid of losing that yeah um, control yeah losing that centeredness that can add to some more narcissism brilliant insight from super jill <laughs> <laughs> which is not a narcissistic name at all oh i didn't even think yeah, about that I know. <laughs> my bad <laughs> there are pastors who won't go to church unless they're preaching yeah, you know, or who yeah. who want to attend mm-hmm. a service unless they're in charge of the service, mm-hmm. and I don't always know why that is, um, but I know what that looks like. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, so point number one is narcissistic leaders. So be on the lookout for narcissistic leaders. But point number two is kind of goes with it: leaders that wield their power with intimidation and fear. Sorry, excuse me. Um, one of you guys say something about that. You want to go with that uh, trade-off? Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, I think it's important to see that they wield their power, so they yeah. have power. Yeah. A, which doesn't really always shouldn't. I mean, I don't think you should automatically come up with power if you're going to be a pastor. It would be more of a yeah. service, I think. Yeah. Or it should be. Um, well, and, and I then think, and then yeah. to to wield power very tightly. Yeah. Would be to try to keep people intimidated under you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, I think any leadership position you have power, but I think the way yeah, Jesus true. calls us to is to wield it for the betterment of the people, of the people. and others. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the most disturbing things about the Ravi Zacharias uh, stuff is how is how the intimidation factor played mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. He told he told one uh, young woman that he was having an inappropriate relationship with that she had to be quiet because the souls of millions of people who listened to him yeah. were dependent on her keeping yeah. quiet. That's a terrible thing to tell somebody. Yeah. And so it's it's important to note that in, in leaders and, and even even in the small things it's important. Like if it's just small you might say, Oh, that's just a small thing. But that's probably an indication of the way they interact. Your church will large. fail yeah. if you do not follow my lead. 
Yeah, that's not good. And so point number three is when the institution matters more than the people. Okay, that's Chris's turn. Say something about that. When the institution matters more than the people, you know, it's about the preservation of what's always been mm -hmm. as opposed to the spiritual nourishment of those who are those who are present. And um, you know, institutions have a following and people and they have enjoy. a reputation, but mm -hmm. the people should still be Yeah. So. Yeah. First. For sure. And that, that kind of leads into point number four, when false narratives are given instead of telling the truth about allegations. I, why do you give me the hard ones? That's a great question. <laughs> so what we're saying here is if somebody is accusatory, then they give an excuse. Yeah, so like uh, sometimes in churches they'll have people sign non-disclosure things like you can't tell everybody else about this. Uh, and they'll pay them off or whatnot. That's kind of a big way of doing it. But uh, mm -hmm. the, but the excuse is given like this, and it's the institution matters more than people. Like this, we can't say this about our church, even though it's the real thing. Let's let's either make up something else or keep this hush hush. For so, like the for instance, of, in Robbie's case, yeah, yeah, the the women are just looking for attention. Yeah, that yes. would be a false narrative. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, which and one of them, one of them, he bad. actually sued. Yeah, for, yes, for yeah. defamation. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, uh, which also leads into number five, when loyalty is more important than doing justice or doing what is right. So, personal loyalty, you know, there's 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 a degree to which personal loyalty is 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 good and is noble. Um, <laughs> But there is a degree to which, you know, the gospel um, mm -hmm. calls us to a love of truth that yeah. goes beyond whatever personal loyalties we, we may have. And so, you know, yeah. no matter how much you love a leader, um, there, is, there is this truth that overcomes that. Um, yeah, and integrity... Is, and truthfulness is always a value that we ought to have as a Christian organization. And if we compromise on that... Then for everything the, falls. Yeah. And the uh, the reason we would do that for is the betterment of the institution and that we grow as a church. But that's not the way Jesus wants us to grow, I don't think, right? We grow closer to God <laughs> yeah. instead. Yeah. 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 Serve so each other well. It's okay to take a hit if we live within our values, and that's important. And that's and part of part of this is the next one when loyalty is more important than doing justice. Why? Because leaders become celebrities mm -hmm. because they enjoy and take advantage of the spotlight. Um, they get their own private plane. They, they do, <laughs> and and celebrities rather than being servants within the church is is the the next one. Yeah. And and so I'm going for that to you. That, that was Jill's. I know. I, I, was, was, I was preparing for <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll you say it. I'll side. take seven. I'll take seven. You okay. take six. So. so six is when the leaders are celebrities and Sorry. they enjoy it instead of servants of the church. Yeah. Well, I, we are called to be like Jesus. Yeah. And if and if um, we're out there getting all the, all the glory, that's not yeah. a Christian value either. Yeah. 
I mean, Jesus, when he was doing great stuff, kept telling people not to tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so not whether or not that worked. I was thinking the other day, you know, if, if some people listened and never told folks what Jesus did, how much more would Jesus works on earth? Yeah, more, maybe. that's a good question. Maybe he would have lasted longer than three years. <laughs> I, don't... I think he has lasted longer than three <laughs> yeah, no, years. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Yes, I don't yes. Know. No, I know that attention that maybe he got. Maybe that was blasphemous. I apologize. <laughs> Borderline blasphemous. Borderline. So, and then point number seven is when the culture becomes a leader culture instead of a pastor shepherd culture. Um, and so I think what there he's trying to say there, uh, he, 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 Scott wrote the article. I think what they're trying to say there is, um, like, uh, it's, it's more about, you know, the, the leader as like the celebrity and like, this is Chris's church or whatnot, then like. Chris is the pastor and shepherd and cares for the spiritual, uh, you know, wellness of, of the of the of the church and of the people in the church, and so I think, yeah, I think that's really important. I think, like, and I also, I mean, I'm a big studier of leadership, um, and I also think like, so often we get this like solo heroic leader idea, like this one person is doing it all, but really, I feel like. The, uh, it's never like that. It's always a team. Yeah, I think. yeah. Like what Jesus hands us as a model is is working together. Like even he worked with his disciples, and in the Godhead we have the Trinity, of course, working together. And so that's one thing I love about team leadership is it's 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 not about one person. It's about how are we doing this together? And and really that's more the pastor shepherd model also. Uh, like I'm anyone who's the pastor is here to help the church do the ministry of God. Not like the pastor does the ministry and everybody else just like follows along. It's the church does the ministry of God um, and the work of God. And so um, that's a much better model, I think. So those are, you got any more note on that? I, I think shepherding, I was yeah. reading an article this morning uh, about the number of pastors who have quit yeah. in the last year. Um, oh, yeah. and, and one of the reasons that they have quit um, has to do with the pandemic, of course, and how everything has become different. And they've got into the ministry in order to help people and to interact yeah. with people, and they find themselves being video production experts. Yeah. But the other reason that is, is given by a number of the, the pastors who have just quit is that... Uh, realize their congregations don't want shepherding anymore um, that that to be a shepherd is to guide and there are a great deal of people within local congregations who don't want guidance you know yeah. they want and I went I went for a period of about five years uh, this is this is somewhere else this is not here uh, but I went for a period of about five years when I had dozens and dozens of people tell me what I should think and zero asked me asked me what I thought. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. is is that a shepherd sheep kind of relationship, or is that a I want you to be an echo chamber? I want you to be a mirror kind of. Uh, think yeah. exactly like I think. Yeah. yeah, I take that back. There was one person, one person who asked me in that five year period. I feel like that's a big topic. Mm -hmm. So there should be a list of red flags for a pastor. Yeah. In a congregation, then as well. 
Well, a lot of so. these things seem like they're very leader, one person leader focused. Yeah. That's like the major red flag there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of a leader empowering others, the leader mm -hmm. empowers themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he also has marks of a good. In his book, he says, but I didn't. That he wasn't didn't in the article, book. and I didn't write that down. So, so is that. But in our notes, it says the book is still coming out. Is it out? That's a good question. I is think it's out? out. This was the article was written a while ago, okay. uh, or like yeah. a few months ago. Not super long ago but i think it might be out i heard and, and the book is called oh good question a church called tove which is the hebrew word for good is that right t-o-v a church called tove t-o-v t-o-v yeah and uh yeah and so if you want to read it we encourage you to read it um although there's lots of good books out there but we just wanted to talk about it and talk about setting up a good church culture and we hope that at centenary we have a good church culture and that um, hopefully we as a staff uh, kind of have a good culture among ourselves that we pass on uh, and kind of the trickle-down effect a little bit in terms of culture um, and in who we are uh, and who the church is. And so we want that, and we also want to help you all for now and for the future say, okay, this is kind of maybe a bad thing that we're doing as a church, or maybe this action that this leader took or the way this leader lives and, and works is not the best and so to call each other out and to hold us accountable to uh living the way that jesus lived and that's that's really important i think so any wrap-up thoughts i think centenary has a really good history of being um a healthy church that's good i think there are a lot of good qualities a lot of good things i could point to mm -hmm. uh within the life of this congregation and uh, I, I am yeah I've been in this congregation longer during the pandemic <laughs> than, without than, than without the pandemic so you know I'm heavily skewed toward oh my gosh what's happened here um, yeah. in, in my experience at Centenary but we've we worked um, through a lot of things through through hard times and and easy times and um, we've had some hard times as far as yeah, church life has gone in the last year and two months. Absolutely. So um, in the last decade of the pandemic, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> feels like forever. So um, I'll wrap us up. We have a few things coming up tomorrow night for the church life of the church. We have our Wednesday night parables uh, from the book of Matthew. I'm excited about that. And, and if you want to come and bring your children to ride their bikes in the parking lot. I've got eyes on that, so you can come and listen to these guys. I would like to come ride my bike. You can't. <laughs> it's fun. You're it's teaching fun. with me. Yes. Yeah, but you can come afterwards. Yeah. We'll let you ride. Yeah. What'd you say? You come next week. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's true. That would be fun. We're going to do bike night through the end of May. Awesome. Or rollerblades. That's cool. Scooters. I think I might be Tricycles. a little too big, though. Big wheels. There. Yeah. But that's okay. take it slow <laughs> so wednesday night tomorrow night come out then we have pine cove camp is coming at the end of this month yep and Anything it's coming fast that? well um i would really like for you to pray for the counselors that are coming that they have energy and endurance and excitement and for every single one of the kids that walk through our doors that they would meet jesus here 
Yeah. And the camp counselors, if I understand correctly, they're hermetically sealed now in they, an artificial yeah, environment? Yeah, they're isolating. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe their isolation starts this week so that when they come to us, they should not have any new viruses hanging off them. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's they're taking some really good steps for a safe camp. And this is our last show of this season. So we're wrapping up season two in a sad and a good, that's a sad good way. It's sad, <laughs> but good. Like, no more season two. And it's uh, ending on episode 17, which me as a person feels strange about that. Because not only is it odd, it's also a prime number. I was going to say, it's a prime so number. So it's not like divisible by anything. Except it's a prime place 17. to end. Yeah, well, maybe that's the way we'll say it. 17, a prime number to end on. So we're doing that. Do you want to talk about your marriage class or no? Uh, in the summertime, I am going to be doing, um, at the end of June, no, at the end of July and into Thanks, August, um, Marriage Built to Last is a curriculum that Chip Ingram um, who leads a, a lot of studies, and you may have heard of him before. Mm -hmm. um, Marriage Built to Last, it gives a lot of practical tools for couples to help them learn how to communicate, um, to help them grow in their ability to manage conflict, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a good marriage curriculum that's out there. That's a while off in the end of July, but more on that to come. Don't worry, you won't miss it. And this Sunday is Senior Sunday. Oh, yeah we have coming up and we will have our students um, taking large portion, large parts in, in the yeah. church service. And sometimes congregations like are like, oh, I can skip that. But Don't, really what we want blessing. is the opposite. We want everyone to come out. We want there to be too many people in our pews to where we have to say, this is too many. <laughs> I don't know what else we would say. Come and, come see, and see the them. youth of our church They're lead the service. Very cool. It um, is a, a wonderful tradition at Centenary to have great. the youth do that. Yay. Aaron says yay to Youth Sunday. Yay. But that's about it for now. So will you close us with a blessing, Chris, as I play the music? Yes. Go in peace this afternoon to do what uh, God has planned for you to do, to encounter people and to share the love of God in this world among your family and your friends. And go in peace to serve God and neighbor in all you do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sweet.